0: And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me.
1: My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never
2: touched those stairs coming down.
1: One night, we went downstairs. We heard a bang, like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio
3: on one of the uh,
1: videos that says, open the
3: door. no! Very nasty, demonic-sounding voice.
4: So
2: that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. Did you forget your name? I did for a split second there. Uh, so coming up in just a little bit, we're going to tell you about that nine one one call that we mentioned last week that totally freaked us out, and we've got a scary demon story out of Okinawa. So that's all coming up.
1: Yay! And don't forget, you got to follow all of our social media accounts because they're fun, of course, obviously, and obviously. they're super interactive. Lots of videos to check out. Hit up hauntedaf.com for uh, extra content. We've got our online store, mugs, hoodies, baby, all the cool stuff because it's Oh you It's fun.
2: Yay! That's right. This podcast is dropping the first day of October. So it's officially our season. Um, what should what we call it? Like the reckoning? Liz Sauer from Ghosts in the Burbs calls it the high holy season. And I've kind of stolen oh. that. So I'll roll okay, with that. Okay, well, cool. I
1: like that. Uh, and of course, if you see any funny or especially creepy Halloween decorations, please take a picture. Or send them our way. We love that stuff as well as all your scary
2: stories. That's right. HauntedAFpodcast at gmail.com. Send them all our way. And before we get started, I just came back from getting my teeth cleaned. <laughs> Yeah. And we always get great stories out of my dentist's office for some reason. And my (laughs) hygienist, Yvonne, just told a really, really good story to me before I left. So she said years ago, she was cleaning this woman's teeth and she could tell the woman was kind of sad and she's trying to cheer her up, but she had to leave the room for a minute and she walks back by the room and she notices a woman is sitting in the chair next to the woman who was getting her teeth cleaned. And she kind Mm -hmm. of registered it. It was like, who is that? Where did she come from? So she goes. Down the hall, gets something, comes back into the room, and the woman in the chair is gone. And so she just kind of goes back to working on this woman's teeth and says, So what's going on? I can tell you're a little blue. And she said, Well, my mother just passed away and I'm dealing with that right now. Exactly. (laughs) Oh yeah. So she didn't she didn't tell the woman, but she said that after she left, she went in and told the other hygienist, like, I think I just saw a ghost. Like, I can't believe what I just saw. Oh my god. That was her mom. was totally yeah, her mom. It ah! Okay, you ready for a story? Bring it on.
4: Hi, ladies. This is Emma calling from Colorado. Absolutely love your podcast. Thank you so much for giving me something to get me through my work day. In Colorado, as you probably know, there's a bunch of abandoned towns, ghost towns, mining towns, all of those things. Well, there's a little town called Victor, and right outside of Victor is a hiking trail called Vindicator Trail. Of course, Coloradans love hiking trails. This one's super cool because because it happens to hike around a giant abandoned mining field so there are a bunch of buildings and mining shafts you have to be careful around and old houses that are out there and it's just a really cool historical site. As you're going around there, which I did with my husband a couple of years ago, there are a couple of old abandoned houses and one of those is the old foreman's house and the fence around it was broken and the door was open. So whether or not we should have, we kind of wandered inside because I'm absolutely too curious and if there's a door, I gotta know what's behind it. So we go inside with my camera and we just start poking around. The building itself is pretty abandoned, it's very empty, but there's some really cool stuff like six layers of wallpaper and all these cool like old windows and a basement that I did not go into at all. Anyway, (laughs) while we're in there, I'm taking all these photographs and my husband has wandered off somewhere and I'm bending down to get a picture of probably three layers of different wallpapers and some graffiti that's written over it and I get this distinct feeling suddenly that somebody is behind me. Sort of the hairs go up on the back of your neck and you feel like someone might be hovering and and in my ear, as clear as day, comes this whisper, white. Now, to this day, I know that it's supposed to take ghosts a lot of energy to do anything. And I really can't figure out why that would be a message that they would want to send. But it freaked me out. All my hair stood up on end. I immediately felt like I should get out. I sort of slowly stood up and screeched my husband's name to see where he was in the house to make sure he wasn't messing with me. Um, He was all the way in the back of the house. And when I walked back there to find him, slightly panicked, and told him what happened, he hadn't heard anything himself and definitely hadn't been anywhere near me. So I took a couple more photographs with him at my side and we got out of the house uh, pretty quickly after that. After we finished hiking and looked at the photographs I was really surprised to find that in a couple of the photos of the house there were a few sort of light smears is what I would explain them as. No light sources near me but light smears as if I was looking directly at a light and those light smears looked like a face. A couple of people went out there after I told them my experiences and and had experiences of their own. So if you're ever in Colorado, highly recommend Vindicator Trail. And thank you so much again. I'm really excited to, to listen to all your podcasts. I don't know what I'll do when I finish them.
2: Bye, ladies. Oh, thank you, Emma. So she is looking for the photos with the light smears in it. And if you Google Vindicator Trail, it, this looks amazing. We have to go and hike on this trail. I just like the name of the trail. Vindicator! Vindicator! That's should be your wrestling name. That's a good one. I was
1: going to, that. Oh my gosh, I was thinking of Chris Jericho and I was like, if he ever hires us to be in like a wrestling match, we should be vindicators. We
2: should be the vindicator.
1: Also, I, I love a good Karen ghost story. I feel like any, only a Karen ghost is going to complain about the wall. I know. She clearly
2: <laughs> wanted to get rid of all of the wallpaper. White only. It's so boring. <laughs> White walls, bitches. I've been telling y'all forever to get rid of this <laughs> wallpaper. Alright, I think you've got one?
1: Uh, yeah, this comes from Dottie. Uh, this
2: story happened in
1: 2009. She says, my siblings and I decided to rent room in a haunted hotel in Jefferson, Texas called the Excelsior. Super haunted place. Mm -hmm. So the next morning at breakfast, my sister and her husband looked tired and I made a joke about how rough they look. That's when they told us what happened with them the night before. They had been in bed about 30 or 45 minutes when from the room next door, they heard a woman violently vomiting. There were retching sounds, dry heaving sounds that they could hear clear and loud through the wall. They're both registered nurses. They started to become concerned as this woman obviously needed medical attention. After about 20 minutes of this, my brother-in-law went to check on the woman. He put on his robe, went to the room next door, knocked several times with the woman still vomiting this whole entire time, okay? He finally asked if she needs help, and the vomiting immediately stopped. So he tried the door, found out that it was unlocked, but when he looked inside the room, he saw it was nothing more than a utility closet. There was nothing in there but brooms and surprise oh my gosh of course it freaked him out so badly they did not sleep at all that night hence the looking wrecked at breakfast right the
2: big story about the excelsior is that it is allegedly the hotel that inspired steven spielberg to make mm-hmm. Poltergeist. so he was in jefferson filming i guess sugarland express and there was a rocking chair in his room that wouldn't stop rocking and he woke up to a little boy asking if he was ready for breakfast and then the little boy vanished and that's why he supposedly left the room that night and didn't go back. And the Excelsior even still has that room, has the rocking chair that you can rent and spend the night in. I've actually got a girlfriend.
1: They do their family reunion at that hotel every single year. And she says every single time they go, stuff happens. It's like, yeah, she's had like pressure, almost feeling like somebody is laying on her in one of the beds and then stuff touching them in the middle of the night. Okay.
2: Add it to the list. We're going to the Excelsior lady. (laughs) I'm all over it. All right, so this next story comes from Anthony.
3: Hi girls, it's uh, Anthony. I'm from Newcastle, England. I just thought I'd give you a call. You keep saying your well's running dry. So I thought I'd tell you about my family home. I moved into my my family home. It's still my mom's home now. When I was four, I had the little bedroom at the back and my mom and dad says I just wouldn't sleep in it. I kept just saying no, no. So my dad decorated the room. He was a big believer and he said out loud, this is my son's room now. Uh, If you're still here, you need to leave him alone and get out. And I did settle in the room after that i would sleep even now i'm uncomfortable in that room and we had stuff did happen in the house like at one o'clock in the morning the old tv would come on the static screen the poltergeist screen as i call it and it would be maximum volume and i'd just get walking up to and my dad i remember the first time he seen it it was one of the first times i heard him swear he went oh and he turned it off and it kept happening so you unplugged it The ghost couldn't put the plug in to turn it back on. And there was always noises and we had stuff happening. But I remember I was about fourteen and I was in the back bedroom on my computer and I had a big old hi fi with the turntable on the top, the double tape so you could tape off the radio and you had to press a Big power button to get that to come on, and uh, I was on the computer and it clicked on, and the radio come on, and I shat my pants. I ran downstairs to me dad because he's the big alpha male, and I went, "Dad, the radio's come on by itself." He went, "It'll just be a power surge." I went, "Dad, the big button clicked on," and he just brushed it off. He went, "It'll just be the ghost." I went, "Well, that doesn't help, dickhead." So I ran all the way upstairs to my mom's room. I woke my mom and said, like, "Mom, the hi-fi's come on," and she said, "That'll just be your grandma Emma checking on you." And as I said. Said me prayers that night. I went, yeah, grandma, never do that again. I must mention <laughs> my grandma. Uh, my grandma, Emma, died a year before I was born. And she always said to my mom, when I have my grandson, when I have my grandson. And shortly after my grandma died, my mom fell pregnant. And she had me. And we always believed that my grandma had put an order in at the baby office that was the running joke now i lost my dad five years ago and i was trying for a baby myself been trying about two years and uh, nothing happening and I says to my dad about a week before he died i went look at dad if there's anything there will you put an order in at the baby office he said yes a couple of months after my dad died we fell pregnant and my daughter was due on my dad's birthday how good's that? And my daughter I named her after my grandma. She's called Emma. And uh, she can definitely see ghosts. She's four now. And she was in our bedroom the other day. And she was having an argument. And I went in. I says, who are you arguing with? She went, that lady. And she pointed at the bed. I went, oh, Christ. I says, what lady? What you called? And she looked at the spot in the bed and went, no, I am Emma. Daddy, that lady says she is Emma, but I am Emma. You shut up. I am Emma. And I thought, brilliant, the first time me grandma's come back to visit and me daughter's given us shit, I've got a few more stories. I don't know if you want them because my accent is very strong and I don't know if you girls will understand. But just let us know. Bye-bye.
2: Ah, oh, yes, we want all your stories, Anthony. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was
1: fantastic. So many connections, and I thoroughly enjoy the fact that his four-year-old is
2: giving his grandma like hell. Yes, like, no, I'm Emma. So that is Anthony Young. He is a touring comedian around the UK, and hopefully we're going to be hearing more from him, because I want all of Anthony's stories. So we've got another one from Canson. Am I saying that right? I think so. We're going to actually talk to Canson. I think we're going to have him on the podcast
1: soon. Okay, Canson it is. He says, Hi ladies, newer listener, and I've been meaning to submit this story to see if it was show worthy. So back in 2013, I was stationed in the Marine Corps base camp, Foster, which is in Okinawa. More like Spooky-Nawa, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> he says, anywho, my neighbors had a demon in their room. What? Straight up, had to get blessed and all that jazz. I have so many stories about that demon or demons, plural. So apparently they exercise the room, but the government's cheap ass ain't paying for no archdiocese to fly out and do that. So one day my neighbor was in the barracks and talking to a friend back home on an app called Doctor. Basically, it's like an old walkie-talkie app. So a voice was captured on there completely all on its own. You can even hear her friend confused at the end. He actually sent the audio to us and it was in 2013. He says, don't judge me. I was working with a lower generation iPhone and your boy didn't have next gen cash. (laughs) I feel you. Yeah, exactly. He says, I recorded it from her phone inside a restaurant. So you're going to hear the background of the restaurant. I was attaching it to this email and it played back on my loud speaker. And then he said, showering with the curtains open tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then Canson goes on to say he's got so many stories from being stationed there um, and his run-ins with that trifling ass demon (laughs) that I was going to make a voice recording, but I saved you the grief of listening to my
2: Squidward sounding voice.
1: Have a great evening, Canson.
2: He also says, P.S. What do you think she's saying? And yeah. Cancel, we're putting you on the podcast no matter what, because you're freaking adorable. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for this audio? I am ready. What? <laughs> I love the friend at the <laughs> end. What? What, what the f- Yeah. Um, okay, here, I'll play it again. And just so you know, I can only really hear one word out of all of this. Otherwise, it's just a lot of crazy whispers. So here it is again we'll be right back bloody fm presents hometown ghost stories a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles bridges to asylums wandering spirits to demons over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted.
0: What?
1: I don't know if I'm hearing anything or not. It
2: almost sounds like, why would you? And then that's it. I feel like it may be saying wash and then I hear shirt at the end, um, hmm. but it sounds like it is in English. And again, they're in Okinawa. I'm going to play it one more time. Okay.
0: What the fuck?
2: Sorry. <laughs> it does sound like shirt at the end. It does sound like shirt at the very end. So yeah, we're going to have to get Canson <laughs> on the very next podcast and get some more stories about this trifling ass demon. I need to know more. I know. Oh, we got an email this past week from Ghost Net Paranormal. This is an investigating group out of Central Illinois. And they were asking for our help because they want to find investigations. And they were like, mm-hmm. we were just thinking maybe you could kind of put the word out for us. And then Rebecca and I both decided, actually, we could do this for a <laughs> a lot of people like if you either have a paranormal investigating group and you're looking for hauntings or if you have a haunted situation and you're looking for a paranormal investigating (laughs) group let us be your tinder so yes we would love to help out Ghostnet paranormal or anybody else out there so why don't you give them the email address real quick
1: Haunted AF Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's haunted AF Podcast at
2: gmail.com. All right, here we
3: go. Why, oh, why did my hamster die? Fell off his cage, got poked through the eye. But every night when I go to sleep, I can hear that hamster squeak. Da, 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 dead Pet of the Week. Squeak, squeak. Dead Pet of the Week. Squeak, squeak. Haunted AF.
2: Okay. Ah! I know. So that is from the podcast, Michael, from the podcast Popcorn Saga. Thank you, Michael. And it's funny. I have recorded that and, like, listened to it 20 times. That's the first time I heard the part about the hamster getting poked through the eye. <laughs> that was greatness. Why, yo, why uh, did my hamster uh, die? Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs>
1: Um, This week's Dead Side of the Week story is a story of Pugan, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. I was thinking Pugan. Okay, Pugan. uh, (laughs) Because he's a South Carolina street dog in the 1970s. Pugan 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 from Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So apparently back in the 1970s, he would cruise around wealthy neighborhoods, eating whatever he could find and sleeping on the porches of historic homes. His favorite house was a mansion at 72 Queen Street. Now you know we're going to have to look that up. Mm -hmm. The owners would feed him and treat him like their own. Well, until they moved, they left Pugin behind to sleep on the porch.
2: Aww. Eventually,
1: the home was turned into a restaurant where Pugin was allowed to stay and greet customers as they entered. He died of natural causes in 1979, and the restaurant called Pugin's Porch still stands as a monument to him. That is precious. Yep. Uh, however, diners and employees claim to see him sleeping on the porch to this day, and sometimes they feel him brush against their legs as they eat supper. Yeah. Aww. I, I googled
2: this place, and it's actually still around. I mean, to have a restaurant that's been around since the 1970s, that's a big damn deal, especially in Charleston. We also got an update from Angie. You remember the story a couple weeks ago about Mama Cat and Kitten? Yeah. So apparently they were finally able to catch Mama Cat. So she sent us an update, and she said that she was talking to some of the local policemen in that area, Mm -hmm. and that they said someone has been collecting cats. They've been finding, like, cat mutilations nearby. (gasps) Yeah, so she wasn't entirely sure. If that's what happened to kitten because she couldn't tell what kitten had died of but they got mama cat off the streets she's still extremely feral but she's living at angie's house right now so yay angie thank you for Woo! taking care of those kitties okay so this next story comes from quinn
0: i recently started listening to the podcast love the show i do my own podcast as well so this happened a few years ago in durham north carolina So I had this uh, pair of headphones that, like, had a radio built into it. And so, you know, just kind of chill in my room, listen to, like, you know, the radio. to this one station, 96 uh, Rock. One day, they were getting ready to do the traffic report. And the on-air, like, uh, DJ at the time was like, we're going to pause for a little bit because they had been getting phone calls from, like, different people from different places Mm -hmm. talking about something in the sky. And this went on for a while, like the DJ was taking call after call and people were talking about seeing this green thing in the sky, like this green glowing ball of sorts in the sky. So I decided, you know, at one point after listening to this for like a while, I went downstairs and walked out to like our front porch and it scared the heck out of me. But yeah, in the sky, there was this green, like glowing like it was off in the distance, but you could see it in broad daylight. And apparently, some of the people were talking about how, like, every couple hours it would move slowly. It scared me because no one was able to explain it. Someone did call on the show and say, you know, what they thought it was, and it just didn't match up. And so, like, I kind of leaned over towards the screen door, like, because my mom was in the living room. I was like, hey, I need you to look at this. So she gets up, she looks up at it, doesn't say anything, walks back, sits down on the couch. I asked her, I was like, yeah, so what do you think it is? You know, you think it might be aliens? And my mom, just completely stone-faced, was like, well, it could be anything. You know, but more than likely, if there's no explanation to it, like, it could be something we have never seen before. I hope you guys enjoyed. My name's Quinn, by the way. And, yeah, like, I really love the show. And Thanks
2: that is some scary stuff when you go to your Mm -hmm. mom and you tell like Mm -hmm. well first of all that everyone sees it together but then when your mom doesn't have an answer for it right it's terrifying and i googled the story and i found what looks like a pretty famous occurrence in durham and i'll post this also with the podcast link i think the final consensus was that it was a meteor but quinn called bs on that because he was like the way it was moving meteor you assume it kind of shoots across the sky right is there any way
1: could have been like some sort of nuclear sewage you is know that what I'm a talking thing about? no does that I happen don't, I, I don't know i just can't- Thinking like in Christmas vacation, where where he was emptying out the shitter, and then the next thing you know, there's that big explosion since Santa Claus up in his face, and the like. You see that green.
2: What are you talking about? <laughs> I never seen Christmas vacation. No, I know what you're talking about. I'm just <laughs> that okay. is what I'm picturing in my head. Uh, so are you thinking maybe it's like when poop comes out of an airplane in the sky? Maybe it was possibly just... because you know I don't know. Well, I. I think that was Quinn's response was that it just it wasn't moving fast enough to be responding okay. to gravity. Gotcha. So. And one other thing that was from Quinn from the Villains in Vinyl podcast. If you ever send us audio and you have a podcast, make sure you plug whatever your thing is, your podcast or website. We want to promote your stuff. So thank you for that, Absolutely. Quinn. Absolutely. And now finally, this 911 call. Let me just give you a quick backstory on this. The person who sent us the story had been emailing me. We'd already been chatting back and forth a little bit because mm-hmm. of a different story that they wanted to share with us when this happened. So you want to read this? So I'm was- Work as a 911 operator and emergency dispatcher.
1: A while back, I took a 911 call for a 16-year-old male who had a coughing fit and then passed out. By the time I received the call, the boy was awake and breathing normally, but the caller was his grandmother, and she sounded very scared. I didn't think anything of it. This is 911 after all, and proceeded with my medical dispatch protocol until the boy started talking. He told his grandmother that he had seen somebody in his room prior to having this fit. I immediately went into police mode, got an officer en route, and asked if they thought someone had broken in. She hesitated, then said, well, his younger brother doesn't like to go in there because of the clown man. Oh, dear Lord. Now, I deal with a lot of crazy people in my line of work. I mean, a lot. But I didn't get that vibe from her. In a situation like this, we stay on the phone with the caller until the ambulance arrives. I spoke to this woman for about 10 minutes, and during that time, she opened up a little bit. The youngest child there was about five, and he had claimed to see the clown man throughout the house, but mostly in his brother's room. The 16-year-old had apparently taken a nap, and when he woke up, he saw a man standing in his room. As the ambulance pulled up, she finally admitted, I know we sound crazy, but we've all been seeing things since we moved in. I got I know, Ah, but the paramedics had arrived and the phone was ringing again, so I had to hang up. Love the show. Keep up the good work. P.S. You can call me (laughs) Nighthawk.
2: Oh my gosh! And seriously, when they wrote, they you know just kind of responding to my email, and then they wrote back. They're like, "Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe the 911 call I just got. I don't know if I can share this with you or not." And of course, then I'm like, "Please, you have to share. You have to tell us now. What the hell is going on in that house?" No kidding.
1: Oh, like, clowns are already scary anyway when they're real people dressed up as a clown. But now seeing a ghost freaking clown? What the actual hell? And they're
2: all seeing it. We need to hear uh, from these people. Already, just this 911 call is describing something that's, like, scarier than what we've had on the yes. podcast yet. <laughs> so if you know these people or if you're listening, <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. Keep the stories coming. And remember, we love to hear about everything, too, not just ghosts. Some of my favorite stories that have come lately have started with this might not count this isn't a ghost story and then a lot of them that have been like this is kind of boring but and then it's this awesome story so please send them all Uh, was it last week or the week before that said they were going to send jersey devil stories oh my gosh who was that send us those damn stories because you looked it up and sent me a picture of the jersey devil yes and it's a complete and utter
1: freak show like it's 20 animals like combined into one yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a mutt monster definitely give them the uh, email yeah. address one more time hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com okay coming up next week we have another story about a haunted haunted house like one of those haunted attractions oh, yay, yay, yay. and have you ever taken something from sacred ground like maybe you know you're not supposed to take sand from Hawaii or remember that listener we had that took a bone from the catacombs in Paris yes. okay well we recently heard from a fireman who took something from sacred ground, even though there was a sign nearby that said, don't take anything home with you. And he's been paying for it ever since. And we're going to tell you about it on the next Haunted AF. <laughs> All
4: right, guys, don't forget to
1: subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com.
2: Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support.
1: And of course, we got to thank you, the Listeners, thanks for listening. By the way, Julie,
2: if I die first, I'm
1: coming back to haunt you. I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca.
2: Aww.